To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. This episode is also brought to you by pbandjoey.com. Simple, honest, and delicious. Go to pbandjoey.com for the all-new dark roast coffee. That's pbandjoey.com for more information. pbandjoey.com. Hey, folks, open an account today with Weeble, and with just a $100 deposit, you'll get four free stocks. And if you refer a friend, you'll get two more. Such a simple way to start a portfolio with the power of a desktop, tablet, or cell phone. With Weeble, you'll get zero commission fees, access to pre-market trading, and in-depth analytical tools for more advanced users. If you want to support this program, go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the Weeble banner in the contact section. That way, I'll get free stocks, and you'll get free stocks. Now, that's something most of us can agree on. Terms and conditions do apply. See Weeble.com for more information. Thank you to Weeble, and please trade responsibly. Now he wants me to say things when we're making love. What kind of things does he want you to say? Well, he wants me to call him Big Boy. And he's my bucking bronco. And I'm supposed to ride him hard and put him back in the barn wet. Are you okay, Dr. Sobel? No, it's... <laughs> Here's what I think you should do, Elaine. I would do whatever he says. If he wants you to talk, talk. I would get on all fours and bark like a dog. I would do whatever it takes. Smoke some joints, drink some wine, whatever it is, to get off on each other and be happy. I mean, come on, look at the two of you. Where are you running? This is the time to be happy. Because life is just too short it's just too fucking short okay i'll see you thursday Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com. Of course, you're from the Spare Parts Underground Studio. Happy Sunday, everybody. Was it like the Super Bowl day or something like that? I don't know. I forget. I, I don't pay attention to that stuff. I got an invite. I don't... I mean, literally, I show up completely clueless. I used to be a big um, football person, but, I mean, I just... I, I even have... I even went out of my way to find my old, uh, you know, sports cards and stuff like that. But, I mean, I have no... Uh, interest in any of it anymore I feel like I don't know for for me I don't have that uh, number one I don't have that time that time was generally focused towards making videos and making content and stuff like that but anyways I'm rambling I mean I did get invited so I'm going because I mean why not it's gonna be my last few weeks from what I gather uh, basically in this section of town. So, I mean, I might as well see a few friends before I bolt. I don't know why that was the first thing on my mind. I figured I was just rambling. Anyways, uh, welcome to the uh, Positive Sarcasm Podcast, Sunday Leftovers. You can find me on Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm, TikTok, which basically is, it just looks like an infomercial for freaking OnlyFans. But you can find me on there for uh, at positive underscore sar- at positive sarcasm. You can find me on Facebook too. Um, you can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm and Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Um, in the meantime... Uh, you know what's funny? I haven't done, um, but yes, happy Sunday, everybody. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, the 
premise of today's podcast, I just wanted to do some Q&A because I haven't done any in a long time for two reasons. Number one, I had other subjects that I wanted to explore and things I wanted to look into, and the I didn't want to split necessarily split up the podcast to the point where it was just this subject and that subject and then Q&A altogether. I figured that would there wouldn't be enough time left in the podcast to do all the other things that I wanted to talk about. Like when I when I did last week's podcast about making a shed and then, you know, all that stuff, turning a shed into like a podcast studio or recording studio, I was thinking in my head that this is what I wanted to focus on. I wanted to take as much time as possible to make sure I focused completely on that and didn't miss any additional details, at least vital ones for that matter. So just adding in Q&A didn't make any sense. So I wanted to focus on other things. That's num- that's reason number one. Number two is sometimes when I do these Q- these dig Q&As or when I'm answering people's questions, advice, life stuff, um, sometimes when it's a little detailed, I look at it. I look at these questions and I ask, okay, what would I do if I was in that situation? I don't know if that's necessarily true or is that the one I'm looking for? Like I answer these questions the best I know how as far as what should be done in this situation. It all seems pretty, I look at it and I go, yeah, it's pretty black and white. We should do in most of these situations. If I can't answer it, honestly, I'll be like, I, I don't know. It's a decision you have to make. And here's some of the, the, the uh, items I would utilize before going into the situation even further. But when I ask the question, when I read the question and then I answer it, it's like, am I being a hypocrite right now because this isn't necessarily what I would do in this situation? Well, look, when you read, when I read one of these things or somebody asks you a question, you just have to take the information at face value for what it is and then proceed forward. Ask as many details and detailed questions as you can about the situation and then answer it as if you were tying somebody else's shoes. You're going to look at it from a different angle than they are. And you're going to approach it if it happens to you differently, because that's like that's that's life. You could have two people standing in the exact same spot with the almost the exact same lifestyle with the exact same problems, and guess what? It's going to be that one percent of difference, a one percent viewpoint difference that's going to completely change the outcome of both situations. You can't read these questions and answer them expecting that you were going to handle them the exact same way. You can't do it. And I, 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 that's the one thing I t- you have to understand when I ask these questions, I, when I read them and I answer them, I can't guarantee. And I really don't know if I would be in the situation, would I react or do the same things that I'm preaching? I'm hoping that what I am, I guess, preaching or advising or just giving my thoughts and opinions on is if you were, to, is this the, this is maybe the best course of action Given the information that you gave, given the information that you wrote and submitted on this website, give it, just given that. I don't know if there's anything more than that. I don't know, given your situation, your mental, your mental wavelength at the time of submitting this, and then my mental wavelength of answer, reading it, answering it. Like if it's a relationship question, I have no fucking idea if I would react the same way as you did. Maybe I'd go full alpha. Maybe I would just hide in the corner. I don't know. That's the, that's, but it is good to at least give it a shot. That's all I'm trying to do. That's what I did 200 something podcast podcasts ago was I gave it a shot. I tried it with other people. It didn't work. I tried it with a, a, a different voice that didn't work from, and now here I am. You know, I, tr- I I'm trying several different ways of looking at a lot of these questions and I don't get me wrong. I like these questions. I like I like approaching them. I like trying to see if I can solve 
that one critical thing in somebody's life to make their situation better. So that's the that's the thing. When I'm just giving this this you know asterisk at the very beginning. When I ask these things, believe me, I sit down at these podcasts and I have, when I sit down here, maybe I had enough, maybe I didn't have enough caffeine. Maybe I got a bad night's sleep. Maybe there's, I have issues going on in the back of my own head when I sit here and read these things. Or maybe it just takes me, it was like David Goggins, like he said that some days he wakes up, David Goggins, you know who he is, Jesus Christ, just go look him up. He's a fitness psycho. Uh, sometimes he said he says like when he wakes up early in the morning he it takes him like 30 minutes of just staring at his shoes before he actually goes for a run so and sometimes it takes that long and that's basically like mental stretching it's this shit is difficult every time i sit down doing one of these podcasts i feel like every time i'm about to turn on the microphone it's the end of the fucking world and that's that's just how it is like, believe me, we've all got problems. I got tons of them, and I can't even put my finger on them. I don't know what's going on outside the peripherals of my own world, especially right now when everything that's going on outside of these walls, I don't generally participate in. I don't know what the world is like or how you see it from your viewpoint. I just see, I read, I do as much reading and as watching and as trying to understand and comprehend as possible but by not participating in the drama that is this world right now, you know, for lack of a better terms, I'm home a lot. I don't interact with people a whole lot. There are clients, there are uh, some friends, but there's not a whole lot of infra- interaction for me. So I'm, I sometimes look at, feel like I'm a caveman just exploring the world for the first time. And then you have these complicated questions, um, or maybe they're complicated when I first look at them, but seemingly complicated, and I read it for the first time, it's like, how is this situation? First of all, answering the question is one thing. Answering the issue is one thing. But then it's like, how did this come to be to begin with? Like, for, for example, let me read this first question for you. This is interesting. This did Q&A. It's like, how did this... Two, two reasons. Let me... Was I wrong to refuse to pay my dog, my dog sitter after she threw out all the meat in my house? How does this come to be an issue to begin with? All right. It's like there was a murder. How do, okay, let's go find the murderer. Well, what led to the murder? So that's when I look at this question is how could this, how is this possible? How is this possible? How could somebody just go into somebody's house sitting for them and then have the balls to throw out somebody's food, to throw out all the meat? It's like, we already know in this situation, we can already assume from the very beginning that there's quite, there's quite frankly, there's something wrong with the dog sitter. But how is this possible? How would you, how would you invite, you, you invited this person inside of your home to begin with? So number one, why would you invite them inside your house? And number two, where does the dog sitter's What's the dog sitter's place in thinking they can throw out somebody else's groceries? These these two items, how do they come to be? How does somebody think that they have that much virtue or they're that virtuous to be able to do, they think they're doing the right thing? 
So let me read this question. Uh, so the, okay, so before I read the question, just take those two things into account. How, how does this happen? And how did you get duped? So those two things, you know, how does the writer get fooled into inviting this type of dog sitter into the house? And what bring, makes the dog sitter think in their right mind that this is a good idea? Those things take into account. Because, I, I mean, I don't want to solve, I'm not one of those people who like to solve everything with a pill. I want to get to the root of the problem and see if there's something else we can do in this situation. If we can solve the majority of the problems. Like, for example, if this person, instead of, say this wasn't a dog sitter. Say this wasn't a dog sitter. Say this was somebody who works in healthcare or somebody who works, well, somebody who works in an office. Somebody who works in an office goes into the office sees every they go to put their food away in the fridge and they see that every single person or some people they bring in maybe a chicken sandwich or a tuna salad or a hamburger or something like that or gelatin jello which is made out of well animal stuff but they decide that they're going to throw away all that stuff what do you think happens in that situation if a person walks into an office and throws away somebody else's food because it's meat-based. Well, I mean, obviously, you know the answer to that question. How does that take place? What makes you think you're so righteous? So there, on a, on a larger scale, was I wrong to refuse my, refuse to pay my, was I wrong to refuse to pay my dog sitter after she threw out all the meat in my house? So I want to focus on just a couple Q&As today, see if we can open these up a little bit more. And just focus on just Q and A's because I haven't done them in a very long time, and I wanted to get to some to get to some back and forth here to see if I can, uh, I don't know, see what the hell's going on in everybody's first world problems. So I, twenty six male, needed to go on a business trip earlier this week. Okay, works for a living, good, but unfortunately I wasn't going to be able to bring my dog. Well, okay. Needless to say, I was going to have my, to get a dog sitter to look after him while I was gone. I asked my friend, twenty five year old female, to do it for me. Since he had known each other, since we had known each other for a long time, and I trusted her, she's vegan. This will be important later. Later, okay. I had supplied her with plenty of dog food and gave her some very specific instructions. When I got back, my friend was still in the house, pouring food into my dog's bowl. I noticed that the kind she was using was different from the kind I had given her. I asked her if she, if that kind had run out, and why she hadn't told me about it. Quotations. I had told her to call me if there was any complications before leaving. She then told me that she'd thrown away the dog food that I'd given her and instead get used vegan dog food. Of course, I was angry with her, but it didn't end there. Apparently, she had thrown out all the meat in my fridge, including my expensive lobster that I was saving for later. I immediately saw red and told her to get out of my house. Here's the part where I might be the asshole. While she was leaving, she brought up the topic of her pay for dog sitting. I then told her that she had since 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 she had thrown away thrown out my personal property without even attempting to compensate for it, I wouldn't pay her. She started throwing a fit and refused to leave, refused to leave my house unless I gave her the money. I eventually had to threaten to call the police to get her to leave. I think I'm in the right, but my family and friends keep blowing up my phone telling me what a jerk I am and that I should pay her for work. Well, I'll understand if you pay her for work. I'll understand if you did. I'll also understand if you didn't. I don't know why this... You said that you trusted her. You understood that she was a vegan. Okay, fine. Now, I don't see where that would bring up any red flags. Just, it isn't. Because, you know, people have their physic, their personal preferences on what they plan to eat. Whatever. Now, 
she should have said that right off the bat. That's her responsibility. There's, you said that you trusted her. It wasn't an issue in the beginning. She didn't say anything. Then she comes into the house. She said she has to say in the very beginning, "I'm not going to babysit your dog, or I'm not going to to keep an eye on your dog and feed her this stuff, feed him this stuff, because it's animal based." Well, that would be the kicker right there, and then that would be you have to go out and find another dog sitter, right then and there. They didn't state that. They threw out your stuff. If you don't pay her, that's fine. I totally get it. In this situation where, um, if you want to deduct, I mean, you get it. You could go halvesies on it per se, and and maybe like, all right, how much food did you throw out? And how, okay, well, if you throw out a, how much lobster are we talking about? First of all, um, uh, an expensive lobster. All right, what's a lobster? Twenty bucks, fifteen, twenty bucks. All right, so there's one thing. And then how much on top of that? All the meat, all the dog food. So are we talking about like 50, 60 bucks? Are we talking like closer to 100? Well, in that case, this seems to balance out. This seems to have balanced out. You've learned your lesson. I don't think there was any contract in this situation. So I'm going to assume there's just, hey, keep an eye on my dog for a few days. Here's the money I say I'm going to give you. Uh, yeah, please don't throw out my, my seafood. Instead, she did all that and then she threat un- she refused to leave your house. Well, in this case, I wouldn't pay her because there's no legal grounds. There's no paperwork on this. I wouldn't pay her. I wouldn't talk to her again. And I wouldn't even, at this point, you can't even ask people for apologies. Not in this world. You can't ask people for apologies. Some people, people like to double down. So at this point, you just have to accept that you've lost a friend. You've lost a dog sitter. And you've also, you've lost a lobster. Uh, That's a tough one right there. So you're not a jerk. I mean, at the most, you're a fool for thinking that this person was trustworthy of your animal. I'm glad. I'm glad that I'm glad that nothing worse happened as far as nothing happened to your dog, and you didn't have to go John Wick on her. That's like the big thing here. So I mean, that's this is a this is a a tragedy avoided. The idea that you can this this is a person that you can't have around anymore though. It's a person you can't have around anymore because of well, what they did. And they refuse to leave your house. That makes them a liability. When they refuse to leave your house, they just become a liability after that. And you have to block them on your phone. You have to block them on social media. And you just have to basically act like they don't exist. And then you have to tell your family and friends here that they need to fuck off. I don't, you know, that's it. If you keep bringing this up, I'm going to go get new friends. That's it. And as far as family, well, you can always ignore family. Most of you do. So that is kind of where I sit in this situation. If I was in this, if I was in this area, yeah, obviously I'm super protective of dogs. Very protective of dogs. So in this situation, this person would be out of out of my home. I wouldn't talk to them. I'd completely block them. They wouldn't exist to me. I would be upset that they deleted my stuff. I would probably talk about it on the podcast, and that would be that. So in this situation, I think you did as much as you should have. And no, I would not compensate them. And if you didn't, well, that's fine. We're no worries here. All right, so let's move. So as far as the this person, this vegan 25-year-old female, has a sense of entitlement, where if she thinks she does something, there are no consequences because she thinks she's in the right. That is, 
that's an education issue. That's a family upbringing issue. Um, that's exactly what that is. You, I think you were just, you knew somebody for a while. Hey, keep an eye on it. You took, you, you took a route that you thought was the path, path of least resistance. That's fine. You know, you're 26, you make mistakes. I don't know who your friend is, but this is not your friend, at least not anymore. So let's move on to the next one. Remember, this is Sunday Leftovers, so it can be relatively short. Plus, most of you people are watching the game. Um, how should I respond to the discovery that 16 of my husband's relatives and friends have a group chat devoted to mocking me? My husband's friend informed us that 16 of my husband's female relatives and friends, led by my sister-in-law, have an active group chat devoted to how awful I am. I don't share any of their family's hobbies, religion, and physical characteristics. Apparently, they have been trading cruel memes about these perceived faults for the past year and a half. My face was photoshopped onto the Grinch's body. My husband and I are, are their age, but while they are all wealthy, well-educated, married homeowners with children, we are childless renters in graduate school. My sister-in-law has significantly more social capital than my husband. I don't know what social capital is. What is this, China? My husband has stood up for me with his family and friends. He agrees his sister's behavior and the behavior of the others in this group is unkind. It feels like I'm being bullied, but nothing has been said directly to me. How should I respond to this, if at all? I know this has been a stressful year. Should I try not to be offended and view this as something that has morphed into their escape from pandemic parenting? Am I being overly sensitive? Well, okay, so let's go back to the top here. My friend's husband, my husband's friend informed us that 16 of my husband's female relatives and friends, led by my sister-in-law, have, an, have a shit-talking chat. Okay, so how did your husband, did your husband know? Did he say anything? Did he omit this situation? That's what I want to know. Well, it says that his, your husband stood up for you with his friends and family. Okay, he agrees his sister's behavior uh, and the others is unkind. Okay, so your husband stood up for you. Well, good. Good on him. He stood up for you. That's the most important thing. Maybe I'm going to go by the omission here that, or the lack of it, the evidence that he didn't know. He didn't know or he just found out. Um, his husband's, your husband's friend told him, and your husband was not a part of this chat. So your husband wasn't talking shit about you. Your friend, husband's friend, I guess was not talking shit about you. So these are the two things that we have to consider. So I think your your friend did you, his your husband's friend did you a favor. Your husband did you a favor. I don't know what type of person you are. Are you really that much of a grinch? So these are things that you'll have to as as unkind as this shit talking underground chat session is. You do have to self-reflect and just make sure that you are actually a, a, de a decent, honest person and you're not like a, you know, a, you know, a bitchy, grinchy type of person. That's all. So you have to approach that side of it because if it's 16, I mean, yeah, I get it. Like, okay, so they're apparently they're, they're uh, high-end people. They have large social capital. They got a lot of money. They got houses. They're, they're you know, hoity-toity fucking people. So, I mean, I guess that makes sense that they would look down on you. Maybe that's the situation where it's like mean girls in high school. So they're just talking shit about you uh, because they're apparently of upper echelon value and you're not. So maybe that's the key 
a thing here I'm, that I, I thought I would maybe I was missing. So they're of different they're of a different ilk. They look poor. They look down upon you. See you is is inferior, and therefore they all gang up and talk shit about you behind your back. Okay, so that would make them. Well, it would just make them like most of hoity-toity. So whatever the fuck that means. But yeah, they're they're rich assholes. That's fine. I love rich people to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it, it, the but you know there's assholes in every category. So in this situation, uh, you just. Whether it's pandemic related or not, I don't think this is. I don't think this. All the pandemic did was amplify what what was already there or what was already coming. So, in this sitch, you're not the bitch. Uh, I would try to. Well, not try. I just wouldn't look. I just I I do my best to not communicate with people who I just don't need to. So in this situation, if you don't have to communicate with these people, if you don't have to bother with them, just don't. Just don't do it. it there's it's there's so much more important things to consider to take to take into a focus. I know you don't have uh, let's see, you don't have any kids. You're renting, so you don't have a house, and you're in graduate school. All right, fine, whatever. That's the life. That's the path that you chose in life. I I'm assuming. So whatever. If they want to talk shit, does it really take sixteen of them to talk shit? And they've also been found out. So I, I watch them scatter. But you don't need to associate with them. If you weren't associating with them before this, well, continue doing what you're doing and just don't bother with them. And don't let them see your stuff online. Block them. Just go and do your own life because they're just... It's not that they're haters. It's just that they're bored. They're just bored rich people. And I would just focus on what you're doing, making sure that you're not some type of grinchy individual. If they're just looking at you because they think you're inferior, well, that's completely different. That's just that, that's who they are. Um, are you being too overly sensitive? Uh, that's for you to decide. I'm sensitive in general, but in this situation, that uh, if if they're just talking trash about you and it's sixteen of them and they're not telling you about it, they're just trashy people, and you could just basically ignore them altogether. It sucks to know that there's a bunch of people talking trash about you. And will continue to do so. That sucks knowing that. But not everybody's going to like you. A lot of people are going to hate you. So you have to understand that going forward. And once you get a better understanding, you feel more comfortable with the idea that you're hated, even if it's quote family. You'll be able to handle. You'll be able to build up enough of a wall to where these things won't bother you, as long as it doesn't harm your marriage. Because your husband stuck stuck stood up for you. Number one, awesome. Your husband has a friend who alerted you. Also good. So now you have like a, a a support group to work with. And you're in graduate school, which is good. You're working towards something. Put your energy towards that. Put your energy towards that. And if you want to have children, maybe down the road you will. Great. Focus on that. You'll be much better off. All right. Let's continue on here. <clears throat> uh, am I wrong to expect my partner of 11 years to finally get a job? I've been with my partner for 11 years, and for nine of those, he was attend- He has attended college full-time. He has two undergraduate degrees and a few different certifications. Well, then he should be employable at GameStop, at least. I heard they got plenty of money right now. He has... But my nothing has translated into gainful employment. What's gainful employment? One of my friends called him a professional student. Oh, Dan Wilder. And I felt this was an appropriate description. He is not working towards any particular goal beyond taking as many classes as he can indefinitely. 
I wonder how much money that comes up to in student loans. I'm getting tired of being the sole provider in our household. I don't blame you. We barely have enough income to support the two of us, and he certainly has not put nothing in savings. Well, it took me 37 years to put something in savings, but better late than never. My partner takes out loans for takes out loans to pay for school, and he doesn't want to discuss exactly how much he owes because you can't put a price on knowledge. Yes, you can. I have asked him to get a part-time job and scale back on the classes, but he says that he would not be fulfilling and it would not says this would not be fulfilling and a life that is not fulfilling is not worth living. True. He has even not even told me that he has even told me that I am falling victim to toxic rhetoric that judges a man's worth worth based on his ability to provide financially. Other than this conflict, we typically agree on most things and he's a loving and supporting part supportive partner. How is he supportive? Am I in the wrong here? Is there any way we can argue more effectively about this? I suspect that deep down, the endless classes are his way of avoiding having to get a job and take on responsibilities as he's made remarks before about the man not wanting to be a drone. Well, all right. Look, I can agree with a lot of your, a lot of, like, there's a lot that I can agree with him about, okay? I I do. I, I do. And in some ways, I, I, I get what he's saying. But this is this is a ticking time bomb. This is a cliff. You see the cliff. And all he's doing, instead of pumping the brakes, is stepping on the gas pedal. Every time he takes another class, every time he doesn't put something in savings, every time he doesn't do anything to slightly alter his course, not even a part-time job, and not providing at all, he's heading towards a cliff. He's attending college full-time. So every every quarter, every semester, every year, just racking up the bills, just racking up the bills, just racking up the bills. Who's going to fucking pay for those bills? Who's going to pay for those bills? And if you have all that college debt, you're, if you have all that college debt, you're, you think it's going to get paid off? Please. You're never going to have fulfillment because you're going to be obligated to have to pay off those bills. You're going to be have to be obligated to pay off those bills once you're done with college. So you're not going to have the, a choice of having a job that's fulfilling or having a career if you if there isn't even such a thing nowadays to ha- that is fulfilling. What did you want? If you want something that's fulfilling, then why are you taking classes? Why don't you just go work like a job or something like that that allows you to explore what it is to be fulfilled or search for fulfillment or meaning or whatever the hell instead of having to just, without having college debt. This is, what? okay, so you say that he's uh, he's loving and supporting. Okay. So he's what, he's, 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 he's waving a flag and cheerleading with pom-poms? You go get him, girl. Or guy, I don't know. I don't know who the fuck who he is. It it just seems like this person's lazy. And they're not providing. You're paying I don't like as faulty as I am. I I like to pay for my own stuff. I don't want to have anybody I don't want to have to rely on anybody per se. I want to pay. If I own a home, I want to pay at least some type of share. I want to buy the groceries. I want to take everything. I want to be able to do this so I at least have an argument that I am somewhat useful. That's all. I don't put my college debt on top of anybody else. 
I pay for my own groceries, make my own coffee, I take care of my own shit, I clean my own stuff, I pick up my own socks, I do my own thing. This person, so if you want to have an argument that I'm not of as much value to society than maybe I think I am, you can have that argument with me. But this person has no argument. They don't contribute financially. They have no job. They have racking student, racking up, they're racking up their student debt. You know in time that's going to be on you. So at this point, uh, I hate to say it, how much is that student debt? If it's 30, 40 grand, you might be able to sit down with this person and be give them a six-month ultimatum. That's one way. If it's if the debt is low, because there might be a way to salvage this. If, however, if we're talking like a hundred grand, a hundred and fifty, two hundred grand, there's no salvaging this situation. Because that's a bomb. That's a financial bomb. And he's gonna have to pay for that and he's gonna become insufferable, and you can't do that. So at that point, that's your thing. We're talking about it is dollars and cents. 30, 40 grand, you can salvage this relationship. 100 to 200 grand, this relationship's over. Call it a day. Get out. Get out and run. Get out and run because they're going to they're gonna put that amount of debt on you. And then that's going to be it. There's no, there's no future after that. Um... Now, when you dissect this, uh, when you open this thing up a little bit more, what makes a person want to be in, uh, first of all, a relationship for that long? What would make you think, well, that's, love makes you do crazy things. Also, so does codependency. And so does all kinds of emotional shit when you're in a relationship. You know, am I one to talk about, I don't fucking know. I can just tell you what I see. So in this situation, you've been with them for 11 years. So out of for and for nine of those they've been in college. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Under two undergraduates and several different certifications. That's a lot of debt. That's a lot of student debt that you're gonna have to pay for. So that's your options. And those are your financial guardrails. Okay? So in this situation, you have a chance to reconcile, figure things out. And he can pay down, this person can pay down their debt. This situation, there's no hope. Get out. Pull the parachute and go exfoliate emotionally for at least a year. But be appreciative of the fact that you're no longer uh, in charge of that ticking time bomb. Okay. Should we do one more? Let's see. Yeah, we should probably do one more. Then we'll get out of here. Yeah, we'll just we'll we'll keep this one simple and then we'll get out. Should I tell my girlfriend again that I want her to stop wearing jewelry given to her by exes? I've been dating a beautiful woman for about a year now. We have fallen deeply in love. We have this kind of relationship that one only can dream of and we couldn't be happier. Blah, blah, blah. I bought her some jewelry, including rings, to show her my love. She wears them, but she also wears jewelry, including rings from past relationships. I told her this bothers me, and she says that she doesn't have items she said those items don't have any sentimental value. She just likes them. Well, that's good. That's actually a good thing. I, I, I have no doubt she means that. Should I overlook this and not let it bother me or should I be more persistent? I get it. In these situations, you have to understand that 
a lot of things are always going there are always there's always going to be something in a relationship that's going to remind you of somebody else remind you of a past of a situation or a circumstance so you're just going to have to accept it stupid chair you're just going to have to accept it and in this situation it is just it is just jewelry it's not like she's wearing an engagement ring from somebody else it's not like she's wearing a wedding ring or it's a tattoo that needs to be you know a name needs to be erased or something this is in this situation it's just jewelry and she likes jewelry and most people do even i i mean i wear a jewelry from my i have a ring from my dad i like wearing watches i have a little shitty bracelet from my sister i don't go crazy with it but to her if to her she says if it's just jewelry and she likes to wear it because it makes her feel nice. And she's just racking up the, the points from older relationships to wear nice things. Whatever. Who cares? And this situation, and it is, it, it's, remember, it's only been a year. It's only been a year. So I think in that situation, if it, if it doesn't look too gaudy, then just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where you, you have to accept it. Otherwise, you can't be in the relationship. That's the thing. It is a make or break situation. So either just overlook it and move and move on and focus on your future together, if there is one, or let this rack your brain and let it drive you crazy. What if she had a kid? I mean, then what? I mean, it's not, I know it's not jewelry, but that's a thing, and you didn't help make it, so do the math. So... Accept it for what it is. I know you could take jewelry off, blah, blah, blah. But, okay, listen. It's just jewelry. Get over it. If you said the relationship's going great, focus on that. Okay? All right. We'll just... That's it. That's a first world problem. Let's leave it alone for that. I mean, and you've been dating her for a year, so you would have figured out what this stuff was in the very beginning. Did it over... Did you not think about it in the very beginning oh it's like whatever she's hot and you know i gotta get in there and oh there's some jewelry i don't give a shit uh, you know you didn't think about it in the beginning did you of course you didn't no why would you well what's the deal now what does it matter now it shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't be an issue now it's not like it's not it's not a property situation it's not a, i left my mark situation so just leave it leave it be. Let it sit as it is. If things are going great, then it's not a problem. Okay? All right. We're good. Uh, okay. What time is it? Okay, good. And we're good 36 minutes. And it'll be perfect. That is a perfect Sunday leftovers. A few simple Q&As. Remember, I'm not the all-knowing, all-answering person in these situations. I'm just trying to understand them and pull them apart and see if this is the most logical approach. Now, would I approach it the exact same way? One can only hope that the situation falls upon me in the exact similar situation, in the exact same way. If it needs to fall upon me, I don't want some of these situations to fall on me. I really don't. I don't want to have a vegan dog sitter and then all of a sudden they throw out all my fucking food. That would not be cool. So let's hope that situation were to fall on me, I would act appropriately. But you know me. You've come to figure out that I'm erratic at times. So let's hope for the best. Um, anyways, you can find me on the social medias. You can find me on YouTube, Positive Sarcasm, Positive Sarcasm Podcast. Uh, welcome all new subscribers to the YouTube channel. 
Um, anybody, uh, thank you to the, those who signed up for the Weeble app, getting your free stocks. Hope they're worth it. Hope you got some good ones. Um, if you have any questions or concerns or comments, you can go right to my website, positivesarcasm.com. Click on the contact button. Click on the click on the contact button. Click on that. And there is there's a bunch of affiliate links you can utilize if you want to support the podcast. Go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amounts appreciated, but you can contact me through the website or you can just email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Okay? Very, very simple. Um, we got, let's see. So let me just look at the calendar here and let you know exactly how many podcasts we got left until radio silence. So we got the normal Wednesday podcast on the 10th. We've got another podcast on the twenty on the 14th. We've got one on the 21st. And then the last podcast... Uh, is actually going to fall on February 24th. After February 24th, um, I'm going radio silent. Going radio silent. There won't be any, uh, really any content coming out of the website until I get the new studio set up and basically am squared away where I feel like I'm ready to go and all that stuff. And so it will be radio silent. I will be relatively quiet after the, after the 24th. So... And it's gonna be weird. It's gonna it's gonna feel weird. It's gonna be weird for me. Uh, basically, being on the dark side of the moon, and hopefully coming out of it with new space, new mindset, a clearer mindset, and new content. But we'll see. Like I said, it, there's still a few weeks to go. Um, there's still uncertainties in my mind about all this, and let's hope that on the other side, you know, the sun will rise, new podcasts will come out. Remember, this is like every a lot, a lot of this. This situation is kind of a first time for me, so <clears throat> there, I'm still nervous. So, let's hope for the best after the 24th that everything gets squared away and there's not a lot of hiccups. And uh, then that's it. So maybe we'll see you in April. That's what I'm thinking, anyways. But thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. But I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Oh, by the way, you can find me where anywhere where podcasts are available. iTunes, Stitcher, you know, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Okay? All right. Good. Thank you for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I will talk to you all on Wednesday. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Underground Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation. Shh.
To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate.